We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Just hit record, Fern says. Well, that's exactly what I did. Fern, I'm recording because you're, you're, as always, disorganized. You were just in our coaches development group doing a little Q&A with the listeners. And Jersey Tony, I know everybody's sick of hearing that name, Jersey Tony. I got to meet him in person uh, last week. Great dude. Got to say, um, I've, I've really enjoyed the people. It's so cool that I've met so many people virtually. And when you get to meet them in person, that they're just awesome human beings. And one of the questions he asked was, you know, what movement or movements do we still struggle with coaching? And I gave my answer and you gave yours, but, but let's talk a little bit about it. So, so Fern, you know, you're a veteran coach. I mean, level three, not to be confused with the very prestigious and level four imaginary. imaginary credential, the level four. But, you know, I think the, the, the misconception is just because you've achieved your level three or your level four, that you're just like this amazing coach and you don't struggle with certain movements. So, so hit us, Fern, what, what movement or movements do you still struggle with coaching? Yeah, I think uh, probably the same ones that everybody struggles with, um, which would be probably things like complex gymnastics. And kind of the way I phrased it was the ones that I can that I find to be challenging um, for at least uh, at least for the reasons that I find them to be challenging are what I would fall or what I would say fall in the have and have nots category. Yeah, I either have that skill or I don't. Right, so I don't typically. I wouldn't classify the snatch as the have and have not because I can do a dumbbell snatch. I can do a PVC pipe snatch. I can do the movement absent of load. Um, where that becomes problematic are things that uh, we would think of as more high skill gymnastics, muscle-ups, handstand push-ups. Uh, and the reason those can be challenging is because, yes, we have a progression. Yes, there are scaling options. But typically what we will find in those types of movements is the gap between my scaling options and the end state or the desired end state, which would be the full movement as done with no assistance or scaling is relatively speaking, much larger than other movements. Meaning like it's a big leap to get there. Um, and there's a ton of stuff in the middle and there are, a, there are a, a plethora of creative ways to scale them. Many of them are not necessarily the most conducive to a group setting and done efficiently. So like the muscle up would be one. We know there are kneeling muscle ups, box muscle ups. You could do a banded muscle up in multiple variations of that. Um, but what I find really challenging with the muscle ups is uh, many of those require a degree of honesty from the athlete to make it appropriately challenging. Um, so that is, uh, is a struggle, uh, because the variable is not me. The variable is the athlete where I want them to dial up something that is challenging for them. So, um, uh, yeah, that's the, the same thing with a handstand push up. Like at some point 
yeah, I can do a pike handstand push up. I can do um, negatives. I can reduce the range of motion. Um, but at some point, those have uh, what I would consider pretty significant diminishing return on uh, certain skills for stuff like that. So let me ask you this about the muscle up specifically, because I think you're you're right. I mean, high school gymnastics are tough, and for for many coaches, certainly myself, I, I would venture to say you as well. I know you know you're Division One basketball player, so you probably did a lot of crazy things at practice. Um, Katie, did I tell you how we met a Division One basketball player? Did I tell you about that? You did tell me, but you okay. didn't tell the listeners. <laughs> oh, that was just we, private. We, lo- we locked eyes. We locked eyes from across the room. I said, "Hey." Do you know it was how to like, dribble? Do you know was how to like, dribble? They could tell right away. You, were, I had a crazy dream last night. So that, show me your crossover. Show me your crossover. Like, I had a crazy be, dream last night that I was playing for the New York Yankees first base. And there's we so up, many reasons that would never happen. Uh, the least of which would be you're not athletic. But yeah, we, go were, ahead. we were up three to one and they put me in. They were like, put Ackerman in. We're up by two. And I blew it. I blew the lead. And um I woke up like upset. Like that I was like, I don't was even there know. A, why was there I a ground ball coming down the first baseline? That was an easy, was an easy play that you just let go right underneath. And then they scored two runs from second. It wasn't and third, Bill but... Buckner. No, it wasn't Bill <laughs> Buckner, but you're right. It was a ground ball. And I remember as it was coming at me, I was like, this thing is coming at me fast. And it didn't as, go through my do, legs, but I bobbled do it. many ground balls. Yeah. yeah. I bobbled it play a little pepper if you will. Um, and, uh, yeah, we lost and I woke up very upset by this and I, I don't think I can ever make the majors. There's a lot of reasons that scenario doesn't even check out. Like you're on the first, but even if you did bobble it, how, I mean, how fast is this runner going? To it was a fast base? runner. And then he's he super fast. Yeah. He was testing me cause he just kept stealing the bases. He went right to second. The whole team was making errors in my defense. It wasn't just me. Like I wasn't the only like we were. We, they put in the JV squad. This doesn't even sound game. like base. This sounds like basketball now. This doesn't even sound like actual baseball well, now. Or well, you were just was running like, randomly around the bases. And the the crowd was booing. They were yelling at me. I'm like, it's been 25 years since I've played baseball. Like I was <laughs> upset. Like I was defending myself. <laughs> You're arguing with the crowd. <laughs> this isn't even my sport. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fuck you guys. I don't even work here. Um, but anyway, for many of us, these high school gymnastics, we're seeing them for the first time in CrossFit. You know, I I did a little bit of handstand pushups actually when I would work out like for a shoulder pump. But I, you know, I've told the story about doing my first muscle up. Certainly wasn't doing a whole lot of handstand walking. However, we handstand walk at jujitsu every couple of weeks. And I'm always the only person that can make it across the mats. So people are always impressed by me with that. Um, really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It's pretty like, interesting. I feel like I, I would, I would again, make an assumption. So wrong on me. The okay, just nods her head. Nope. You can't make move. assumptions. That's yeah, don't, right. don't do it. No agreements. More agreements. Um, right over the, there. That, uh, that because of the amount of groundwork, that people would be a little bit more proficient on their hands. Oh man. I was just on a podcast um, in the Nova. One of uh, one of the boxes from our coaches development group had me on and we were talking about jujitsu because they have a jujitsu school at their affiliate. And I was like, man, if these jujitsu people would just understand they need to do CrossFit too. Like you're right. Like these people that are better than me at jujitsu, I'm 
way fitter than and can do way more than, but they're so good at jujitsu. It's like, do you not understand? It's like the black box theory. Like if you can walk on your hands, I don't know what's going on, but you're going to be better at jujitsu. You know, if you can snatch 135 or 95 for the ladies, even for the men, you know, you will be better at jujitsu. So it's interesting that they care so much about this, but then they don't do it. So I've I've always found that it's a struggle to get people uh, in the jujitsu arena to do CrossFit. And I know for many, they have full-time jobs and they'd have to pay two different memberships, et cetera. But, but if they can, you know, if you're listening and you do jujitsu right now, if you can find your local affiliate and just do twice a week, just get in twice a week, same days, every week, same times you will improve. But anyway, for, yeah, for I, would, as- I would actually, I would just going to go the other direction. Like that's one of my goals for 2022 is twice a week jujitsu. I'm, I'm trying to go the other oh, direction. Dude, I cannot wait because I'm going to choke you out right away. <laughs> right You're going to be like, this right is going to be the exact example that I'm defining. Like, you're fitter than me, and I'm going to just fuck you up on the mats. Like, I'm going to just choke you, choke you, choke you. It's going to be so much. Katie, that's going to be a full You're blown. what? You're like a you're like a pink belt? Did pink belt, yep. Yeah, Two-stripe right, pink belt. Okay. Yep. Two-stripe pink belt. Got it. Right. Uh, did you see that message that somebody wrote, Katie, where they say, how am I self? What are they? What's the word? They're like, I don't understand how somebody could be so, so self-deprecating and arrogant all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was me. That's exactly me. And then you but, said it, you care too much. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> my biggest weakness. Um, so anyway, for, for many of us, when we start coaching these movements, it's our first time as well. Like we've done them. And I've often said this, like my, one of my first coaches, Matt had muscle ups, his first attempt, boom, above the rings. He was terrible at coaching muscle ups. Yeah, No way to make friends, Matt. No, yeah. no way to make friends. But, and for me, I struggled with, with so many of these movements and it made me a better coach at them. Now, my answer to the same question was I struggle with the higher skill barbell movements like the snatch, like the clean and the jerk. And, and part of the reason I struggle with them is I'm not really, it doesn't excite me. And I think where we can really take this discussion is as coaches understanding what does and what doesn't excite you. Now, you can't use it as an excuse to just ignore the Olympic lifts, right? But if someone comes to me, if they were like, hey, Jay, uh, I want to hire best hour and I want to get better at the snatch, I'd be cool. Friends, your dude. Like, I, in, unless this is your first time and you're looping it way outside of your body, yeah, I can tell you to keep it a little closer, but I'm not going to be the guy that gets you from a 225 snatch to a 230 snatch. And for so long, I was, I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, but I was like down on myself that I wasn't good at that until I realized, Hey, you know, you don't have to be great at everything. I also think that uh, as coaches, we should recognize where a certain level of expertise would be more beneficial, right? So understanding like where my swim lane ends and where somebody else's begins, where we're talking about coach to physician, coach to PT, coach to specialist you know, whatever it might be. So we could use the 225 to 230 analogy. Uh, some people are going to scoff at this, but a, a context, right? Like everybody, like if you can snatch 225, dear God, like that is an amazing feat as far as I'm concerned. Some people are going to laugh at it. Like it's just 225. And I'm like, right. Until like five years ago, like fucking nobody could do that outside of, outside of Olympic. Than- yeah. Outside of Olympic weightlifters. And if you snatch 225, I know a lot mobility 
your power output and your absolute strength. Like you have a, and, I'm, and when I say power, I don't, I'm, I'm snatch. I mean a full properly executed snatch. I don't mean somebody who's a behemoth who can just take 225 and take it with a wide grip from the floor to overhead. I mean like a properly executed snatch. I know a lot about a lot of things with regard to your strength flexibility. And uh, that is an incredible feat to, to, to be able to snatch 225. Is it world-class? No, but that's not what we're referring to. So once you get to that point, recognizing, hey, this would be beneficial if this is something that you kind of want to specialize in here, it might be better off if you go see somebody who really can dive into the specifics of that. You, you might need a technique shift. You might need far more accessory work. You might, your strength might be lacking. Somebody who can look in and be like, hey, I really struggle uh, in the clean. And somebody who knows to say, well, what do you front squat? And they're like, well, pretty much the same as I clean. I'm like, well, that's the problem. You should be front squatting 130% of what you clean, you know? And then here's how you would do that. You know, so like, again, things like that. And just knowing, hey, let me punt this off to somebody else. And I honestly think that's a sign of a true professional. Be like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm okay. This person is who you should talk to. It's funny. I put up a post a couple of weeks ago, like, hey, if you can power clean more than you can squat clean, we have a problem. And people were like, well, it's my front squat. I'm like, well, then we have a bigger problem. Because if you can power clean more than you can front squat, like right. something's going wrong in your body. Um, but, but, you know, I heard way back when, you know, Coach Glassman used to say, I won't cross the street to watch a two minute Fran. And, you know, in 2008, 2009, I was like, that's crazy. That's awesome. And, and now I get it, you know, all these years later, it's like, yeah, fitness cool. is cool. But what's cooler is helping people that really need it. Helping grandma who, if, if she falls down, that's a, you know, that's a career ender for her, right? She might not get back up. So helping someone that's on the verge of decrepitude, right? The loss of the ability to do functional movements and, and getting them to stave off decrepitude and, and potentially keep them out of assisted living for another year, two years, 10 years. That's what excites me. So it, it, was, it was me wrapping my head around the fact that not only do I not care about it, it's not important to me. And like you said, if you're snatching 225, you're good. You said you're not world-class. Yeah, maybe you're not world-class as you can make the Olympics, but- You're a world-class human being. <laughs> like yeah, from a fitness you, level, you are I mean, a world-class human being. Fern, what what weight for men do you think puts them in the 99th percentile of the world for snatching? This is going to sound ridiculous, but since you said the world, your yeah. body weight, your body weight, regardless of how big you are. Well, certainly, I think body weights. No, I think you're way off on that because I mean, what are you? 170, 185, dude. I was going to put that weight at like 115. But you said in the one, like in the one percent, like this is of the world, right? There's people that could do way higher than that. But if you again, yeah, but very take a few. stroll, right? Just take a stroll out into the world. That's my point. You're, I right. think you're way off by by seventy pounds. I think right. I'm I probably. Saying, I remember when I started, and I was pretty fit, snatching one thirty five. The first time I overhead squatted one thirty five, the Star Spangled Banner played, and the American flag fell out from the ceiling. Everybody just like he did it. It was a scene out of. Rocky, the, when they're the just like this guy, rife, yeah, yeah, this guy is the world champion, 135 overhead squat. Like that's what happened on that day in 2010 or whenever that was. But no, I would agree with you. That's way off it. But my point is we are the view with which we 
or the lens with which we view fitness and, and capacity is so skewed in CrossFit. It's yeah. so skewed in CrossFit. And just recognizing that is really important from a coaching standpoint is yes, we want people to do things. However, in the same breath, not everybody is going to do those things and it's totally okay. I've talked to this before. I have members here who will never overhead squat. It's okay. They are getting fitter and they are developing capacities in a lot of other ways, but I'm not going to push the envelope on some things. And this is something that, you know, a lot of coaches uh, struggle with the relentless piece and the level two setting is just like, Hey, like dive in on that. And I said, well, part of this has to be, you have to have the understanding of what you are and are not going to get in a coaching session and to continue to push on something that is pretty obvious is not going to happen in this five minute interaction is not very beneficial. Get what you can get and then move on. And the same thing with uh, the snatching is just like, what is the value of a five pounds, you know, 225 to 230? If that person is chasing it, then we're talking about a psychological value from their fitness level. I would argue zero. There is no value there, right? Like, you know, um, and so we could use another, because we started with high skill gymnastics and then transitioned to weightlifting. Muscle ups is a perfect example of that. Um, I do think there should be people in your facility that should be able to do muscle ups. However, I do think there's a ton of people that it would, we could have a pretty strong, strong argument that it would be inappropriate for them to do muscle ups. You know, if the risk for them falling from the rings, if they're old and, you know, or they have previous shoulder injuries and things of that nature. And I do think we should be, I think coaches should be armed with, a deep of a toolbox of a, of scaling options as humanly possible and also understand that there are instances when not using any of them is the best decision. I think if you remove the idea of fitness from most people's training, like forget about CrossFit, forget about work capacity, just looking at it from a perspective of what do I need to do to live a healthier, longer, better life? You can remove almost all of the high skill gymnastics and you can remove basically, I would go as far as saying anything over 225. I, I mean, that's probably not inaccurate. I mean, yeah. the- Pat Sherwood used to say, right? Like, yeah, you have way more strength than you will ever need. Ever need, ever need, you know, like that. If you are like my goals are like, by the time I'm 55, still be able to do muscle ups, still be able to do something in this, in the vicinity of a three minute ish Fran, uh, back squat, 315, you know, deadlift something North of 400 and snatch my body weight. Any 55, 50 to 55 year old, like you are a super human. You are a superhuman. I mean, maybe not at that point, but again, the, the Overton window is shifting there with regard to like what fitness is. Like the people are starting to become un, they starting to look at it through like a very skewed lens. Be like, Oh, well, that's not really fit. You've, you can only do a three minute friend. I'm like, what in, what are you talking about? That is so much fitness bottled into one interaction that it is mind blowing. If, if you could do a three minute friend until the day you die, you're ridiculous. You would never die. <laughs> live forever you would right? literally live forever imagine that scenario that'd be a movie right like the scenario is you can stay but alive did you die <laughs> but you have to keep a three-minute fran done sign me up i'd be like you know we already dread doing fran imagine if like yeah. 
Well, if you that's what you had to do to continue living. Yeah, you <laughs> every drop time, dead. every year when your birthday comes up, it's like Stuart die time. You wanna you wanna keep going or what? But imagine like that's what it would take because the world needs that. They just don't understand it. That's right. just a way of being like, no, 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 black and white, right? What what the world is doing is getting less fit and less healthy every single day. But if you could do a three minute fran till the day you die, what we're really saying is you probably eat right. You probably exercise enough because you have to be able to do 45 pull-ups. You have to be able to squat your ass below parallel, have a nice lockout overhead. Uh, that, yeah, that's a, that's a not, movie, it's, Katie. Write that down. Not, as, start a new chapter in my book, Movie Ideas. Yeah. Uh, Got it. Yeah, and again, it's not, about, it's not about the three minutes, Fran. It's about the things that you would need to be doing in order to achieve a three-minute Fran. Right. Like it has nothing right. to do with that's, Fran. Like that's just, the, that's just the metric. But if you're not doing any of those things, guess what? I know for sure you can't do a three minute. Fran. Like it's not happening. Don't poke holes in the plot of my movie right now, Fern. Oh, sorry. That was a, that was a conclusion, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the conclusion one, is one. everybody dies yeah, yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah. No matter one. what you do. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can't hold a three minute friend. Uh, but, one, one know. man's journey to influencing. No, but the, uh, let's go back to the, 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 uh, the, the muscle up. Right. So to, to answer the question more specifically. So, I used to get stuck here. And then because I was, I was, I struggled with the ability to say, it's really cool to get off of this idea that we have to have a muscle up transition, right? So it's muscle up, like we have to do it, right? So yes, I think you should take people through a progression, you know, maybe start with the kneeling muscle up, uh, work from a box. You should do, again, there's multiple very uh, creative versions of a banded muscle up, you know, seated in the rubber band, having the rings attached to the rubber band where they maybe sit on an elevated uh, surface so they can go through full range of motion on the press out. All of those can be really effective. Uh, a jumping muscle up, something like that. However, if somebody does not possess the basic strength to push and pull, I would argue working on those aspects of that has a very, very low return. They would be better off working on some basic pulling and, and pressing strength. You know, like Jomo, um, years ago, we were talking about something. He was like, you know, he's, he's the master of the obvious, which nobody else finds to be obvious. Somebody was talking about handstand pushups and he said, you know, I just, you know, if somebody struggles doing a regular pushup, I don't find it to be reasonable to put them in an inverted position and ask them to press their full body weight. And I was like, well, now that you say it that way, it sounds really dumb, you know? And I was like, and having conversations like that and realizing it's okay if maybe I do change this movement for this person and say, hey, listen, I don't really care if you do muscle up. That's not the point. Let's work on some upper body pulling strength. And it's like, well, is it frontal plane or sagittal plane? I'm like, I don't, who gives a shit? Pick one. Like it's yeah. probably, it's probably beneficial either way. If they, if they, if they lack that much strength, now we're splitting hairs over something that doesn't matter. It's just like pull so that they can pull themselves up from a seated position if they needed to. And think of it in a much more basic uh, context. And if, and if you go back to look at some of the old, some of the, not, I guess they're a couple years old, um, but when they were doing the, when Michelle Moots was running the, um, the classes at, at home office for you and the, I were for supposed the, to go to that. Remember? We were supposed to go and I have it got canceled right for, um, but that's a, that's a very, very unique lens. To, and like, you, you have to bring everything that we know and almost throw it out the window. Cause it's so, you know, in air quotes, watered down. And I have to look at this through the lens 
almost purely of functionality. If we think about like all the things that we would evaluate workouts by, you know, so um, priority, uh, reps, time, uh, movement, all that stuff. And everybody leaves out function, right? And if you were to just switch over and be like, what's the function here? Is it pushing? Is it pulling? Is it shoulder mediated? Is it hip mediated? What plane are we moving in? Like how, just, just water it down to that. And you will find something that is appropriate for them because remember intensity is relative. And at some point that's, that's the conversation that relative becomes like, what is the function of this thing? Is it pressing, pulling upper body, lower body? How does this work? And then dial up whatever's appropriate for them there. And I know this wasn't the topic at hand and Katie's probably getting very upset with us, but I feel like this is the topic at hand. Is it not? Yeah, I think it's the topic at hand. I don't know why you assumed that I was yeah. getting upset. That's mm. always, always circle back to the four agreements. I, you know, I assumed it because of the face you were making at me, but it's just sort of general disappointment in you all. Yeah, the time. this is what it is. We, we had an IG live uh, last night. And one of the things I, I said is like for the coaches out there, like you can't forget the impact and value you have on the world. And I think this is a big part of it. We get so lost in the minutia and so lost in fitness and muscle ups. And it's like, it's, it's such a small, I mean, it's the tippy top of the pyramid sport, right? But it's nutrition, it's gymnastics, it's weightlifting. It's, it's, you know, Metcon, it's like, like you're saying Fern, like the handful of people at your box that can do muscle ups, develop your coaching eye, develop your coaching skill, help them get muscle ups. That's 1%. It's only 1% of the world. It's 1% of the people at your box. Like if you truly do right. the math at how many people can do muscle ups how, and, and now go deeper and how many people actually need to do muscle ups. I mean, truth be told. I mean, I've need not, is a real strong uh, I'm gonna, term. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't done a muscle up in pr nearly a year and a half between pandemic. I can't really do them in the garage because I have a really tight pull-up bar to the wall, uh, smash my face. And then I did a little fun competition and I got 15 muscle ups. That's I a broke. year and a, what's no, no, no. I think oh. so. It was a longer workout, but I did all oh, the pull ups okay. and all the right. muscle ups. My partner did right. all the heavy lifting shout out to Chuck rock. Um, but I mean, the point is I literally hadn't done any, I had done 40 unbroken pull ups. I think I did 30 chest to bar. And then I still got 15 bar muscle ups in the same workout. So you don't need to necessarily be doing Fit. them the risk. Uh, thank Hey, can you cop cut that out right there, Katie? Where I, was you just talk, that? I was talking to, I was talking to Katie. Oh, uh, talking to somebody else. Yeah. Um, but you know, the point is you don't need to do it to stay good at it. And you probably, if I never do another muscle up in my life, I'm still going to be okay. I'll give you a personal example. So it was, I have... for the record, that was a personal example. Yeah. But nobody cares about your personal examples. The, um, <laughs> Just going back to the basics and 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 again, functionality. Which one's more functional? Let's be let's be very candid here. Muscle up or push up? A push up. Right. So, how many people do you think if we turn on the camera right now and I'm like, show me fifty push ups? Could very few. Right. Very few. So me, I've been for the I've only, been only for, me. So I for the past month, I get up every single morning. I know, we bed. know. You've right, been but doing I'm, 50 push-ups. We know this. Right. Well, but I'm not doing, but I'm but here's the point. I'm not doing 50 push-ups unbroken. That's my point. I started with just doing 25 and 25. And like, yeah, I could do it. But the point is, I it's going to take me a long time to rip out 50 good-looking push-ups. And we could agree, 
yes, I'm definitely not going to the CrossFit games, but I'm not unfit. Right. Yeah. And we would look at 50 pushups, and be like, just 50 pushups. I'm like, right. The number of people that cannot do that in your facility is probably close to high 99%. Yeah. And, you know, and those that can, I want to see it because most likely it looks like shit. Yeah. They're snaking or they're doing something. I, I, I'm going to push back. I bet you you could do 50 right now. I really, I believe that. I not. Uh, they would they would deteriorate around 35 Katie, to 40. Do we want to end this episode by seeing this? Another chat. Or we could do another challenge. Fern does. Okay, I'm going to go right here and do it. Watch me. Watch me over here. You no, guys give me feedback. No, listen, we will. I'm going to do will, 50. No, we'll just do it. We'll just do it. <laughs> just make a video of it. I, you're super excited about this, which I'm very happy. Because I've been getting really good at push-ups. I think I could do it. Well, you also weigh four pounds. It's cheating. The So, but my point is that that is a... That is a real example of even with somebody who's got uh, a decent amount of training time, and we could use both of ourselves as example, but still doing push-ups has tremendous value because there shows a glaring. What was the article? Coach wrote an article on this years ago about push-ups, and it was something like. It was the perfect push. I forget how many it was. was. Yeah. It was like 50 or it might've been 50, but it was. Googling. Yeah. It might've been 50 or something like that, but. but, Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. But that's the point is, again, just like coaching, just like box ownership, just like training, we all tend to skip right past the basics. That's, and I, I think would, the article is actually called something about the basics. Probably. Probably. Um, um, but that's so the gotta, point, which is, you know, is just because I want to wrap this up. You don't have to have that person do that scale. Like you can, you can water those down and I use the water. It's not scale it or what's the what was what was the new term what was the new terminology we were using modifying adapting no i, no, I forget what it was i have to look it anyway, up I remember. Yeah. yeah it doesn't matter but the point is scale you can scale it and scaling can just be preserving the function of it you don't have to come up with a super sexy scaling option something that's challenging if they struggle doing 10 to 15 push-ups guess what that is appropriate scale for something like uh, a muscle potentially if that is what they need Okay, we got to go. Katie's going to post that link to the show notes, but I'm throwing this out there. The 50 push-up challenge, my best hour of their day. Anyone that can do 50 push-ups. Unbroken. Fern and I, unbroken, yes. Me, me. You can rest at the top of your plank. You can't do a downward dog. So you can rest no different than holding a barbell on your shoulders in, the, in a 20-rep set. But you Hips can't- and shoulders have to move together. Thighs and chest have to touch the floor. Well, no, what I was going to say is you and I are the last call on it. So we get to judge it. Okay. Okay. But if someone posts it, unlimited amount of winners, they get a free copy of Best Hour Hugs. of Day. Hugs. Hugs. And a hug. And a hug from Fern. Um, but post it. I'm going to do it as well. So Fern's going to give it a shot. We're going to give it a shot. If you don't make 50, still post it. Show us your max rep set. So tag us, Best Hour of Their Day. Katie's going to drop that link. I think she probably already found it. What is it called, Katie? Uh, it's just called The Push-Up. The push awesome. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that, that proves our point. Simplicity, everybody. Show's over. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at Best Hour of Their Day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love 
Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs. My favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard bomb. And ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%. You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay.